What makes a great round of golf is your short game. And when it comes to putting, alignment may be the most important part of the equation. That's why Odyssey continues to set performance standards with the new triple track putters. Three distinct alignment lines are centered on every triple track putter head. That's the same visual technology that lands jets on aircraft carriers. You'll be amazed at how easy it is to line up so you can focus on making a great stroke. Get lined up with the new triple track putters at CallawayGolf.ca. This episode is part of Post Media's Reopening Canada series, a look at how the country's economy is recovering as the COVID-19 pandemic begins to ebb. The COVID-19 pandemic sent shockwaves through nearly every sector of Canada's economy. Among those hardest hit was the air travel industry, as restrictions on movement and social distancing rules meant no one was flying. Now the economy is starting to reopen, airlines and airports are facing a struggle to coax passengers to return to the skies. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. I talk with Down to Business podcast host and Financial Post reporter Gabe Friedman about how big a hit airlines and airports have taken, what measures are being taken to make passengers feel better about flying during a health crisis, and what roadblocks they face. Don't forget you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about us. So Gabe, one of the sectors in Canada that's taken arguably one of the biggest hits amid the COVID-19 pandemic is the airline industry and kind of everything that comes with that, airlines and airports. As we look at it right now, how bad are things in that industry? It is almost impossible to sugarcoat it or to make it sound like things aren't that bad because when you talk to anyone in the industry about the number of flights down, the number of layoffs, they're massive. There's also this larger looming question about people's attitudes and whether people aren't flying right now and whether they will feel comfortable flying again is sort of a question. Revenues are down in nearly every way. And as businesses, this is, I think, one of their darkest moments. So when we talk about airports being empty or or, or flights being shut down, what are we looking at in terms of numbers? So just to give you an example of where we're at, I saw a recent stat that said the number of daily flights across Canada has declined from about 12,000 to 2,000. Like, that's not even taking into consideration how f- whether those flights are fully booked or not. So the impact has been like nothing less than severe, extremely severe. We've seen stories from across the country of places that are normally bustling being veritable ghost towns. You know, what what has it meant for airports in the country? What do places like Vancouver or Toronto or Calgary look like right now? I went through some of the airports. I looked at big airports like Vancouver, which tend to have a little bit more international travel than an airport like Winnipeg. Um, Calgary is maybe somewhere in between of them. All three of them, when I spoke to them, this I spoke to people at airports there in late to mid-June, said that the amount of people entering and leaving was down between 90 and 97%, depending what airport you were at. So 
you know, think about a business, you, you know, if your airport's traffic is down 97%, figure your revenue is sort of, that's a proxy for the revenue they're taking in. No one can survive on three to 10% of normal revenues. They're just, yeah. your operations are too big. It probably doesn't even cover your overheads. So there is this impending crisis going on uh, that, that's out there. Yeah. And, and I mean, when we're talking about airports, I, you know, you have flights that are down across the country, airlines that aren't running. You have uh, a whole industry around airports themselves. You have retailers and you have the airline staff at the airports and you have baggage handlers and customs people and all of that. What does this mean for the industry? Like what, right. what are we seeing in terms of job loss around this shutdown? Yeah. So job loss has been one of the biggest aspects of the crisis for air travel. Um, there was initially all flights were sort of suspended for some period as coronavirus started to spread across Canada and North America. Then you saw gradually certain flights begin again. And there were this initial round of layoffs, but there's also been more layoffs now as I think WestJet was most recently in late June said they announced around 3,000 layoffs. And wow. that, yeah, it's a huge number. And I think there is some questions about sort of what the path forward is. At the airports themselves, I think a lot of the stores are closed um, just because there's not enough air traffic in there. I think the, the, the sort of lowest point of air travel is behind us. I talked to someone, I guess it was in Winnipeg, who was saying there was a day in either April or early May, where there were less than 100 people boarding, which you can imagine mm -hmm. one of these hulking... You, you, we all know what airports are like, how they're huge and they're vast. And even when they're that big, they sort of feel a little empty. But with just like less than 100 people in them, these are, as you said, I think, ghost towns. Um, someone said to me that they're just... They're not a comfortable place to be in right now. People are a yeah. little nervous. They seem like high-risk places to be. Nobody wants to be flying right now. In a lot of cases, no one is flying, or at least the airlines aren't flying. Like, what? where are the airlines at now in terms of flights? Are there still some that aren't running in Canada? Yeah, there are. Porter, um, which is flies out of Billy Bish, you know, it flies within Canada, different places. Um, it's one of the smaller airlines. They're now saying that they're going to restart flying at the end of August. So essentially, they're skipping the entire summer. Other airlines... Uh, Air Canada um, recently sort of canceled its flight travel to a couple regional airports, more than a couple in Canada, predominantly in the eastern side of Canada, Quebec and New Brunswick. Everyone is basically operating reduced flight schedules um, or no schedules at all. It's, just, it's a shell of its former self. I mean, I think as much as any other industry, the airline industry has been completely hammered by this pandemic. You know, as, as we start to see restrictions eased by provincial governments and the feds talk about trying to reopen the economy, I, I imagine airlines and airports hope that they're going to start seeing customers come back. But as you talked about just a second ago, people are saying that airports aren't necessarily a comfortable place to be and people are concerned. And in some ways it it's, it's reminiscent of concerns about air travel post 9-11. I mean, in that case, it was fears about uh, safety in the air, um, fears about uh, the security of our airports. And then it became 
the post 9-11 security crackdown and all of the things people had to do in order to get onto flights and take off their belt and their shoes and the weight. And it becomes a less enjoyable experience for people. What are people saying about making people more comfortable now as they return to flying? What are the challenges there? Yeah, if you think about it for a minute, right now is a great, in some ways it's the worst time for the airlines, but in terms of changes that can be made, there's a lot of opportunities because you have these vast structures, there's not a lot of people going through them. If you wanted to try out different technology that you were using, now would be the time to do it when you have, say, you know, a couple thousand people as opposed to 75,000 people when you're, you know, there's lines snaking out the door and you, you know, it's just a total zoo. Now is the moment when you can try new technologies. And so I was actually taught, had a long conversation with um, the vice president of operations at Vancouver's airport. And she was telling me that there is a big, there's a lot of hope that this time can be used to transform the airport experience, that we can make it a little bit more of a seamless experience so that, you know, instead of going to the airport, printing out a baggage ticket, presenting the baggage ticket to someone else, then taking your baggage to another counter, dropping off your baggage, um, having to show those tickets to like 16 different people and exchange, you know, hand it over to mm -hmm. them, hand your passport over, that we can sort of make this a more touchless experience was the word that she was using. But also I think there's ways to rethink like queuing or, you know, standing in line. If there's, if there's technology we can implement that can make it a little more smooth, certainly I think that would entice some people back. Um, so there is that issue. There's also a concern though, you know, the airports, a lot of the airports I spoke to just really want to see people get back. And they think that some of the health advisories and some of the restrictions that have been placed on air travel by the government are too severe. And so um, when you talk about what airlines and airports are doing, there's a lot of social distancing measures, a lot of people in the airports coming in and cleaning the screen after one person uses it. There's, there's you know, uh, the staff to customer ratio or traveler ratio is low enough that they can do that. And until recently, they had been booking every other seat. Every airline had been doing this, booking every other seat. But that's starting to fall away now. Um, and I think that's a sign that some of the airlines believe that some people or more people are ready to travel. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about kind of changing the experience in airports and making sure things are cleaner and, and even airlines looking at distancing on, on planes, does this come at a cost for people? Like are, are people paying more in fees now so that the airport can afford to make some of these changes or are they paying more for flights because the airlines are putting less people on the planes or is it the, the reverse happening in that airlines are having to reduce their, uh, or is it the, <laughs> or is it the reverse happening that airlines are having to reduce their fares to entice people to come out and fly again? Yeah, I know. It's a, it's one of these questions that I haven't seen any great data. Anecdotally, you hear from people, if you ask that there are a lot of deals out there, if you want to fly right now, um, I actually just looked before we got on the call to see how much flights would cost. Like I looked at Toronto to New York, which is a flight I've booked before. It was it was on the I, I think I I don't remember which airline I looked at, but it was about three hundred fifty dollars, which is in line with I think normal pricing. Um, but there, 
there is a strong possibility that prices will rise if they haven't already. I know that airports charge every customer something called an airport improvement fee. Um, you're only allowed to raise that once every year, but it's going up a lot in Winnipeg, for instance, because there's just no traffic there and they still have to pay for their overhead and they have, you know, debt holders they have to pay back. So that's the easiest way for them to raise money. Now, it's not that much. I think it's like $12 per ticket, but it was a big raise. I think it was 25 So it's $13. It was, they're raising it from $25. They've applied to raise it from $25 to $38. And that happens um, in the fall if it happens. And when it comes to the airlines, like planes are not cheap to fly. You know, airlines want to, people who criticize airlines for trying to nickel and dime passengers, uh, you know, you get less stuff. They don't carry as heavy meals anymore. You can only, they charge you for bags. Uh, they want to cram as many people on a, on a flight as possible. So presumably they want more people on the planes, but with that comes concerns around distancing and cleaning and how they're balancing that with the desire to be able to run a profitable business. How does that all factor in when you're talking about a potential health crisis in a flying metal tube? Yeah. So, you know, I think initially it looked, it looked really good. I saw, I remember reading about this. They were saying they weren't going to book the middle seat on these, um, on airlines anymore so that you could have a little more distance from your passengers and anyone who's flown in a middle seat knows what kind of an experience that is if you've sat there for any duration i happen to be pretty tall and i i i find it absolutely uh, intolerable but um that being said they're they're those people are starting to airlines are starting to do away with that measure which suggests that there are people who are willing to fly in those seats. So, you know, again, it's I, I, I looked at reaction to that when I think Air Canada and maybe it was WestJet announced that. And there, the reaction on Twitter, for instance, people said like, uh, some people were like, I'm going to maintain my social distancing from these airlines, um, which I think is a natural thought. Like I wouldn't want to sit next to a stranger for any amount of time longer than, well, really any amount of time. Mm-hmm. But like you said, these things are expensive to fly. And if you have to go somewhere, I think people are willing to take chances. Yeah. Do you, do you get a sense that there's an expectation that people will kind of drop their concerns pretty quickly once we've lifted all restrictions, that people just kind of flock back to traveling because they've been cooped up for so long and want to <laughs> get the heck out of Dodge, so to speak? Like, what's the, the sense as to how quickly things could return to normal for the airline industry? You know, that's a great question. Nobody will answer that. If you ask any expert, they'll all punt and say they don't have crystal ball, which is totally reasonable thing to say. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, I remember after the 9-11 terrorist attack, there was a similar sentiment where people were saying, no one's ever going to fly again. How could we trust it? How could we possibly do this? And, you know, here we are almost 20 years later and I think everyone has sort of normalized the security measures and feels somewhat comfortable flying uh, from a security perspective, or or did at least prior to the pandemic. So yeah, I I think that you know I, I I don't know. I tend to think that if the government tells you you have to stay home, people reluctantly stayed off planes. But over time, people's anxieties about health concerns around coronavirus will ease, and if we get a vaccine in the next year. 
or two, um, whenever that happens, I think a lot of people's concerns would fall away, I tend to think. You mentioned the government and and restrictions that they put in place. What is the government doing to help the airline industry or what are the expectations in the industry for government assistance? The industry, I think if you look around, I think Air Canada's CEO even publicly sort of um, lambasted the government for not doing enough. Airport executives are hoping for more. What airport executives told me they're doing is all airports or almost all airports in Canada basically are built on federal land that the federal government leases to them. And it's leased to them at a set percentage of their revenues. So 11% of their revenues. So theoretically, they would have to pay less now because there's less traffic. But the federal government has waived those those lease fees. So that's airports. They've also agreed, I heard from someone, there are certain lending opportunities available to airports if they want it. Uh, In terms of airlines and some of the businesses that work in airports, the federal government has a pretty big stimulus and um, economic recovery package, which includes all sorts of things like wage subsidies. Um, So those sorts of remedies are available, I think, depending – I think those would be available to the airlines. But there is a real hope that – there may be some sort of bailout. It may be one, one may be necessary if the current market conditions persist. Gabe, thanks for your time. Thanks so much for having me on the show, Dave. It was great talking to you. 10.3 is produced by Carson Jarama. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Gabe Friedman. More from him at financialpost.com. And don't forget to subscribe to Down to Business wherever you get this show. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening.